All right, welcome back to another episode here of uh, Inside the Box podcast. We are on episode, what, five, six, six? five or six? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we are here with Brad. How do you say your last name, Brad? Uh, Probst. Probst. You can go ahead and pull that a little bit closer to you there. You can move it however you want, make it comfortable. There you go. Uh, Brad is with Ware Group uh, here in town. Brad, go ahead and introduce yourself. Maybe tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Okay. Um, so... I grew up in uh, Jacksonville, Illinois. I uh, went to school at Illinois State, uh, majored in marketing, minored in sales. Um, interned um, at a big uh, insurance company in the marketing department. Um, that was a pretty good experience, but being kind of an entrepreneur, um, I decided to get into my minor sales. So I worked for a sales in a large format printing company. Um, and then... Um, that didn't really, I didn't really like it, probably wasn't good at it. So I moved back home and then just kind of, I don't think you ever wake up and say, I want to be an insurance agent. Um, yeah. So I just kind of fell into uh, being an independent rep for a large voluntary benefit company. Um, and uh, I kind of like the the independent contractor solopreneur thing. Yeah, for um, sure. So did that for about four years, uh, made the move to Ware Group, which is a pretty similar in 2012 which is a pretty similar concept, but instead of having one carrier, I have about 20. Yeah. So it's similar. So I saw, I was looking on the, your guys' website a little bit before you got here. There's, so there's multiple Ware Group locations, correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, we have a, our, we're headquartered in Champaign. We have a Springfield branch, obviously. There's two Springfield agents. Um, we have a branch in Quad Cities, Iowa, and then a Chicago branch. And then we're moving to Indianapolis. We're starting up a branch in Indianapolis uh, next nice. year, this coming so, year. So growing company. Yeah. Uh, so is it primarily just insurance that you guys do there? Or what, what? I saw there was, you know, you got stuff for employees, employers. There's mm -hmm. a lot of different things that looked like. Yeah. So what we do, we're a specialty agency. Um, our specialty is what's called, it's got a lot of terms, uh, voluntary benefits, supplemental, ancillary, worksite, workplace. Um, we'll call it voluntary benefits or VB to keep it simple. But what it does is it's not like health insurance um, that pays doctors and hospitals. Our policies actually pay people directly um, because usually when someone's going through a health issue, um, they're going to have co-pays, deductibles. Health insurance isn't what it used to be 10 years ago, obviously. Um, so uh, most people, when they're going through a health issue, they need, especially if it's something real, very serious like cancer, yeah. um, they're going to need more money coming in so we pay people directly so they can cover their bills and at home they and they pay the bills themselves exactly oh, okay. yep. so it kind of and what i've noticed from doing claims is it's more of the the peace of mind it provides when someone's going through a tough battle with cancer for example they don't have to worry about add money to an already you know horrible situation yeah so. huh i don't i guess i didn't even know that people that they had that or did that uh so basically Somebody has a health issue. Mm -hmm. They receive the bills directly from the hospital or whatever, but you, your guys' plan is paying them, and then they just pay the bill or whatever they need to do with that money. So we, we have a bunch of different policies, and they all kind of work differently. Oh, okay. But generally speaking, if somebody has a claim... What, um, what was the name of that type of insurance? It's called supplemental insurance. Oh, is, oh, is the, okay. Yeah, so it's meant to supplement health insurance is where the name comes from. So you would recommend having kind of both, you, typically? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you would definitely need health insurance so you don't, you know, get a $100,000 medical bill or, 
you know, a million. Or, so it's usually not as much that people are no. getting, but it's more, okay, I'm with you now. Okay, I guess. I, I, I was taking that a different way when you were first talking about it. It was <laughs> like, okay, they get the bill and then you, they pay that you give. Yeah, okay. Yeah, nice. so it's a niche. It's a niche type of insurance. And it's one of those things that unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people realize, um, you know, what it is till they're in a situation to where they need it. Right. Because depending on what stats you look at, I think the average about 50% of bankruptcies is for medical bills mm-hmm. and about 75% That's of those crazy. people had health insurance. Man, health insurance is just, it's just crazy. The situation we're in nowadays. And I don't know, you might have some input on this, but I remember like, uh, not this, not 2020, but when we were signing up for 2020, mm-hmm. trying to get health insurance, you know, we're going through the, uh, Obamacare or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Healthcare.gov. And, yeah. And, the pricing was just ridiculous for a plan for me, my wife and my son. I just couldn't believe it. And we were going to get gouged so bad. I think we were going to end up spending like 12 or $1,300 a month for like a shitty plan. Mm -hmm. And I was just so annoyed with it. And then finally I got connected with somebody, um, through my accountant who does some stuff and he set me up, he, you know, he, he quoted through my business, Mm -hmm. So now I was able to offer health insurance through Ootbox to my employees, uh, but also get it for my, right now it's not beneficial for them to get on the plan, but mm-hmm. I was able to get my, my family a plan for like 900 bucks a month that is way better coverage than I was going to get for like 12 or 1300 bucks a month. It's just, I don't know, man, it's just nuts where health insurance is gone and what's been happening. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the the pre-existing condition clause is good, but again, that's going to right. Um, and that's the best part of yeah, it. It's the going pre-existing, to, right? I mean, really, this I'm in my head, but in my opinion, because if you see somebody that has you know type type one diabetes, a child, you know, that's not right for them to be uninsurable. You know, it's yeah. going to tie at your <laughs> your, yeah. your your heartstrings a little bit. But of course, that's going to come with extra cost. And mm-hmm. so, do you guys offer like? I saw you kind of had your sections on your side. It was like employees, employers, and I don't recall offhand what the other section it was. It was broker. Broker, okay. So like for a business like mine, would you offer something like I just described to like a, a small business or something where they can turn around and offer health insurance to their employees or is that? Yeah, so we stay away from health insurance. We Oh, okay. That's I'm sorry you said that. No, you're fine. We, we would, if a group was asking me about that, I'd refer it out to you know, a good broker that specializes but if, in but that. You, they could offer supplemental. Yeah. Okay. So the benefit to the, the value we're providing to the employer is these products are usually going to be employee paid through a payroll deduction. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can enhance their benefit package without having to pay the right. premium. Uh, so if you're looking at, say you're an employee, you're looking at company A versus company B. Company A has health insurance. Company B has health insurance and wear group. And the, yeah. They're probably, you know, all things cons- consistent pay. They're mm-hmm. probably going to go with a company that has more benefits, even though the employer doesn't pay the premium. Yeah. Especially nowadays, it's so important for like when someone's looking at a job, like the benefits that are included with it. Sometimes people just mm-hmm. look at straight pay, but... You know, you got to look at those, uh, and young people starting off a lot of times, they don't even think about that stuff. You know what I mean? Like retirement or vacation or, you know, I was excited to be able to offer this year was the, well, 2020 was the first year I was able to, I gave, uh, you know, my employees, uh, paid vacation time, uh, paid holidays and the option if they wanted to pay for, uh, get on our insurance plan, which 
I felt good as a small business owner, you know good. what I mean, getting to that <laughs> point, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm always trying to do everything I can. You know, they work hard and they're helping grow the business, so I try to do what I can. Um, so would you say that your guys' company is – like where would where's where's the majority I guess come from? Is it usually individuals or businesses or the majority of just the business policies. in general? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean it's our end. At the end of the day, it's coming from the employee. They're the they're the people buying Getting the policies. The, I gotcha. But so I mean it's a hundred percent from the employee. Right. But you can't just go into you. You need to to talk to the business owner and of course and explain you know, the benefit. So kind of what we're dealing with is our actual products, you can get them from, you know, they're, they're out there. There's a lot of single carrier reps running around. A lot of brokers are getting into supplemental benefits because it's a number one segment in the insurance industry. So our value is more of our implementation, our fulfillment. We're a specialty company. So that's all we know. All we know is the voluntary benefits. So it'd be like, if you go to, uh, say you have a nag problem, there's Doctors that just focus on next, we're kind of the same thing with uh, the supplemental insurance. So we're going to know how to design the plan to make it appealing to the employees, okay. how to communicate it, how to enroll it. Yeah, We're going to have a good, we're going to make it a good experience because no employers are going to be, you know, I'm not salesy, I'm not pushy, but employers are always going to be, you don't want to stick a salesperson on your employees. Right. Most people don't. Yeah. Um, so we make it, you know, a lo- no pressure, good experience to where you know, worst case scenario, they have a better idea of what the product is, whether or not they want to get it or not. Yeah. We're just there to educate. Right. Which is important. Like when I was going through what I was just talking about, as far as getting the health insurance for the business, I was on the phone with one, the guy helping me and then two blue cross. Cause he was like selling the blue cross or whatever. But, uh, I was on the phone with them for like an hour and a half asking questions, just trying to line it all out. Cause there's so many weird aspects of doing that. So it's having somebody knowledgeable, you know, like yourself when, when you're trying to figure that stuff out, I totally see the value in that. I was amazed that they sat there with me for that long on the phone with all my <laughs> dumb questions. And that's where like some of these I'm asking you probably come off as a little bit dumb, but I just want to make sure in my head I'm like wrapped around exactly what's going on. So no individual comes to you. It's all the, the employers and their employees. Okay. Correct. I can do, we can technically do individual, but we, we don't want to, we're a big fan of staying in our lane yeah. is what we call it. So I can sell health insurance. Um, but I don't want to, right. you know, I'd rather refer that out to somebody who's better at it for sure. So the third thing on our website, you were, you brought up earlier was brokers. We will partner with, uh, insurance agents to offer. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So they're using us for, um, they're doing what they do well, and then they're using us as their supplemental or their voluntary benefit department. Okay. Um, and we're doing the same thing on the flip side of that. If one of our accounts wants a quote on their car, I'm, I don't know how to do it. So we're going to refer it out. Yeah. Um, or they start talking about health insurance. Hey, let's get you over here to somebody who's going to, you know, yeah. that's their specialty. It's interesting. Cause I, I read, uh, and I, I think I brought this up in the last podcast, but I read this book, uh, from good to great. And it's all about how, good companies became great companies. And one of the main takeaways I got from it was focusing on what you're good at and trimming out the rest of the stuff. So it's like exactly kind of what you're saying. With yeah, that. that's, that's our whole philosophy. We call it the 80, 20 rule or the Pareto principle, mm-hmm. but at 80% of your 
results come from 20% of the effort or 80% of your results come from 20% of your products or whatever. So we're focused on that. Our 20% is that, that voluntary benefit space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's jump back a little bit about yourself at least. So you, you said you went to school at ISU. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Uh, Bloomington, right? Bloomington yeah. normal. I think yeah. it's officially that's normal, where, but that's I don't where know. All these, that's where, you're not allowed to be employed here unless you went to ISU. Uh, <laughs> there, that's, no, that's funny. A couple of my teammates, they're, they're from here, and then one's from, uh, went to school in Indiana. Uh, so uh, marketing and what did you say? Marketing, marketing sales, major, sales minor. Sales. So uh, I did, I did uh, graphic communication with a minor in marketing uh, at Western. Nice. Um, how'd you, how like how has your overall how would you compare like your overall education from college to like what you're doing now um so the one thing i will say a lot of it i think the best education is on the job training yeah and just going and just jumping and diving exactly. in and, exactly you and know, i think I, and i was saying to i don't remember who i was talking to about it but i was like i feel like they should almost change schooling to where like if somebody wants to learn a specific job, like where you almost just pay that employer, like pay them the money to go get real world training or do it for free. You know, depending on who it is, obviously a bigger company, I could see them making the money off of it for spending the time to train. But, uh, you just learn so much when you just start doing it. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Maybe you should start a new college, but, <laughs> but the doctors have that right with clinicals or, Mm -hmm. whatever the term's called to where they actually work in a hospital for right. however many years. And it's kind of like an internship, yeah. you know, I had to do one to graduate. We had to do an internship. I got lucky cause I did mine, uh, for a local company, a sign company. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was a semester long, but halfway through they, they, uh, I did a good job and they hired me. So I got paid for half of it while I was still finishing school. So that, it was pretty neat. Did, did you, you have to do any kind of internship or anything for ICE? I didn't have to, but I wanted to. Um, so I interned for the marketing department of, uh, of an to, insurance carrier in oh, Bloomington. Okay. Nice. Um, how, uh, how was that? Get some pretty good. I, I liked there. it a lot. Um, one of the questions I asked them when they were interviewing me was, you know, Hey, am I going to be a gopher? And they said, no. Um, and as in just doing random, just crap. doing random, <laughs> which they did give me a gopher project. My first week I had to stuff boxes for agents, uh, <laughs> but, but after that, and a lot of that was just how, what you took on. So if you started taking on more serious projects, they'd give you more serious projects. Uh, I gotcha. So towards the end, they were giving me, you know, something that they'd give an employee. Right. But, but yeah, it was a great experience. A lot of the, the, the marketing projects I was doing, I could see how that they were benefiting the agent. So you kind of get to see it from the other side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of see what the agents are dealing with and definitely and how to help them out. So it was a great experience. And, and the corporation, um, it was kind of surprising. It was pretty flexible. <laughs> That's nice. So how long, did you, how long did you do the internship for? Um, I did it. I, it was a year long internship and then I decided to get into sales after that. Nice. So, so um, and you said you worked for a printing company. Mm -hmm. Uh, was that, did you say you were up in Chicago? No, I was, in, the I was company? in Bloomington. Oh, that was also there. Mm -hmm. Nice. And you were doing mark marketing for them or sales? I was actually doing sales, sales. Okay. and they did a lot of they did a lot of uh, banners and, and things of that nature, but they would do more corporate. So being there's a lot of insurance carriers in Bloomington, the insurance capital of Illinois, yeah. they were, say, like an agent needed, they wanted every agent to have a banner. They would right. print, you know, 5,000, 10,000 banners or whatever contracts. and then ship them individually. So they had the fulfillment aspect going on too. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you get some good. How was that? Get some good experience there. <laughs> did uh, did they have you like trying to get new? Because so when I was at Ace Sign Company, uh, I was doing national accounts, yep. which sounds similar. Did you to land the, the Super Bowl? I did not land that. That was actually <laughs> random. They uh, they like reached out to us. I don't remember if they saw something we did or just found our website. Um, but yeah, they that was a cool project. Did you okay. see? Did you just see it, or did you see it back then? Or I remember it being advertised somewhere because yeah. it was big. De- it was a big deal, obviously. Yeah, we did a lot of PR around it. Yeah. What Super Bowl was that? Oh, geez, it was the one in uh, in New York. Do you remember which one that was? Uh, at the uh, Jets or whatever studio, or stadium studio. Uh, Is that I, Meadowlands? I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't follow yeah. sports close enough to. <laughs> but it was. Uh, it was awesome, man. Yeah, that was a cool <laughs> project. They, that was actually one of the first like major videos I did. Is they had me uh, document the whole process of uh, designing it, producing it. Uh, and then unveiling it, and then they even sent me to New York to film the unveiling of it, uh, which wow. was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah and when we did that project, um, before we shipped the letters off, we had like a big thing at their uh, at their shop, and uh, there was a lot of people there, and you know, you know, people in town, and I just saw how much people reacted to it and enjoyed it, and I had people come up to me telling me how good it was, and that was one of the main things that kind of made me realize plus where social media was going with video that was one of the main things that made me realize like man I really like doing that I really like doing the video stuff and uh it was one of the things that kind of pushed me into what I you know building this I guess yeah that's great and I've kind of noticed that too because I've had a lot of jobs you know in high school and college and you kind of can take something from every single job no matter Mm -hmm. small it seems and kind of realize what you like and what you don't like and what you're good at and what you're not good at and so on and so forth. So, right. so yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know what they want to do and it's like, just get out and start doing yeah, stuff. Just do stuff and figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at you, you went from insurance to <laughs> printing company and then back. Um, and I've been in every type of role <laughs> yeah. within, right. within the insurance gigs it's, too. That's good though. Cause you see all sides of it, you know, it just makes you do your, job now probably that much better I would mm-hmm. imagine. yeah because as much as we like to stay in our lane you still de- you still do need to know other departments within your industry so yeah. so yeah definitely how long have you been with where group um i started in 08 so or 12 sorry so 12 okay. so eight years almost nine nice how many how many people do you have local like, are you the the main person we here have, in Springfield? Or? We have two in Springfield. Okay. Yeah. So I'm the I am the main. Um, yeah, we have two in Springfield, and then we have um, probably three, four agents in Champaign, and then that's where our customer service and our sales support is as well. Okay. And then Chicago's a couple people. I was a couple people. India will be a couple people. So yeah, because you don't nice want to. Yeah, you don't want a bunch of agents banging heads because there's only so many i mean it happens even in springfield every now and then yeah so you don't want yeah you don't want them banging heads and looking silly yeah (laughs) that's that's cool yeah well that's that's nice the uh it's kind of like it's like so where did it start um it's it started in champagne so um the president was in charge of the state operation minus chicago so all of illinois minus chicago um and he retired at age 40 Wow. He was at the previous. He was at the previous company that I was with, mm-hmm. and he retired at age forty. 
Um, and then just kind of at the advice of brokers, you know, hey, why isn't there why isn't there a company? There's all these single carrier reps running around. Why isn't there a company that brokers supplemental insurance? Because agencies have been doing it for years with every other type of insurance. Right. So like Bailey, I mean, they have so many different yeah. carriers. Yeah, for um, sure. But at that time, the supplemental market was just single carrier reps saying that they were that they were the best, and yeah. they all have their pros and cons. So he kind of took it and ran with it, and you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> several nice. states later, and several years later, six hundred accounts later, some national ones. You know, we're still that's awesome. We're still we're still trucking. It's interesting to know how things get started like that. Uh, how did so? How did how did you actually end up with the company then back in two thousand twelve? So I knew. Uh, you said that he was at your yeah he previous... was at the old company okay. and then he retired probably about my first year when I was with the old company but we we had had a good relationship we stayed in contact and and I decided you know it was just about having more options mm-hmm. and I was doing claims a lot too which is yeah <laughs> which is good you know right I I don't want to send my people to an eight hundred number I don't like calling them so yeah. I'm not gonna so it was either <laughs> I do them or yeah. I send them to an eight hundred number so I just did claims. But, you know, you need to be out and about talking to people. So right. that was a, one of the big reasonings, too. How hard have you found it to do, like, like sales and stuff and, you know, talking to people about the stuff with, like, COVID going on? It's definitely made it tremendously. Everything's a double-edged sword. You know, there's always silver lining and something. But it's, it's you know, my job is... At the end of the day, when you simplify it, is to be in front of people. Right. So to be in front of employers and be in front of employees. Um, And we've had the technology forever. Um, The good thing about, um, it's not good, obviously, but to try to see the silver lining, one good thing about the pandemic, it kind of forced people to Zoom. Right. So I'm able to do a lot of meetings via Zoom. Um, I actually like them, I think more than in person. Cause you can kind of see, <laughs> yeah. see and hear yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can connect instead of just having to be around Springfield, I can go wherever I want. Right. So yeah, but, the, the one benefit that I like of that is the, uh, just the time I'm always fighting for more time in the day. So that, that is kind of nice. Save on the things. driving and the mileage and the gas and, yeah. um, but so it's definitely made it more difficult because I, I think that, you know, nothing beats in person. Um, and especially when you're explaining it to an employee and they have those, those specific questions that you were alluding to earlier, Mm -hmm. but, but, uh, so it has affected it, but at the same time, I've had a lot of time to, we've, we've been able to get to adapt and I've been able to kind of work on the business instead of in it. So looking at my strategy and my planning, would you say the, the zoom meetings and stuff was like the biggest change that you, uh, like during all this, the biggest kind of pivot that you had to take? Yeah, because I went from never even thinking about it yeah. <laughs> to that's what I ask when I reach out. Hey, mm-hmm. let's let's get on Zoom for 30 minutes. <laughs> we, uh, I had a buddy who just, he's been a teacher forever or a counselor in this, at a school and he just changed uh, to, uh, I don't know if he's, he's, I can't remember if he's actually like a, like, like a broker or what now, but he, uh, he's, uh, you know, got getting an investment, doing investments for people and all that stuff. Um, financial advising. Um, but he did it right in the middle of all this, like took his tests and, you know, quit his other job and like got into this and he's, and I'm just like, man, 
I feel like your job's a lot of like getting out there and talking to people. It's going to be a tough thing to do. You know what I mean? And I was, and he was asking, he actually came and talked to me cause he was interested in like my thoughts on uh, different ways he could, you know, it's been a friend of mine since high school. So he was just asking my thoughts on different ways to like get a hold, get to people or find those niches and stuff. So we had a discussion about that, but yeah, that's tough for salespeople, man. The people that like, especially ones that are, you know, knocking down doors, going into places, um, can't imagine having to deal with that. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I wonder if people are still doing that. I've thought about that and what type of looks that they're going to get mm-hmm. if they walk into a business you know, during, during a pandemic. Yeah. So Can we have a meeting or, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys, so, so do you guys, how do you guys typically get like leads like their mark, like, like your marketing, I guess, do you guys run like advertisements or what's your main? So ours is more of uh, center of influence referrals. Um, mm-hmm. We're looking for, um, so at first it's kind of, um, you know, what employers do you know, and then do a good job and then ask for referrals essentially. So, you know, a lot of word of mouth. um, Which is one of the best ways, obviously. That's been one thing with us. Like, you know, I kind of, people, you know, ask how we're doing. I'm like, well, well, we're doing great. Uh, I feel like I probably could make the business grow faster, but I don't know if that's obviously always better. You know, like, I don't want to ever take away from one customer, you know what I mean? One mm-hmm. customer because we have a new customer. So it's about making sure everything's balanced and kind of the, the slow growth, I think is a more sustainable thing. And, and for us at least, you know? Yeah. That's our, we have the same philosophy grow organically mm-hmm. um, because you can, um, I mean, that's a pretty good way to go out of business. If, if you take right. on something that and people get unhappy, and yeah, you got to kind of jump in. You can't be too cautious, but at the same time, you, you know, can't get too big too quick either. Yeah. And and you see that with, um, I mean, you see that with inventory mm-hmm. of some companies popping up online and then they run out of inventory for a month and mm-hmm. you're probably going to lose a lot of customers now, in a month. The, uh, one of our customers, I was just sad. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm buying up stuff like crazy right now just because if they do another lockdown, like last time I couldn't get, you know, half of my products or what I needed. Uh, so there was, he was just saying like, I'm just buying up as much as I can. So in case something happens, I have stuff to sell still, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that didn't happen just at toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, all the supply chains get ruined, you know, and they're not shipping stuff from China, you know, whatever. I don't know the exact details, but I just know, uh, they definitely were affected by it. Yeah. And shipping got slower. I noticed that, uh-huh. uh, Hmm. Well, uh, so ISU worked for those couple places, uh, printing shop, and then you came back to Springfield, you said? Yeah. After that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you started immediately after the printing shop? This was the next mm-hmm. next. Yeah, time. I came back to Jacksonville, um, and I just wanted to, I was basically just looking for something to do, something to pay my college loans, Yeah. keep me busy a little bit. The uh, Did you just, did you know that? The, the guy that started where did you, and you said you had stayed in contact with him. Did you know you had, he had started where did, so, and then like reach out to him or how did that kind of work out? Well, he took off for a couple of years and then I, and then I had learned he was doing something, but I didn't really know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. I think I thought he was doing health insurance or right. maybe even selling auto insurance. I didn't really know what he was doing. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, the conversation just kind of got more serious, I guess. And yeah. 
And then it's important to keep those contacts that mm-hmm. you make over the years. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's tough. That's one thing. It's funny with this pandemic. Like uh, a bunch of my friends, you know, don't live in town. That's from high school and stuff. And we we had got on some uh, Skype calls or Zoom calls, whatever. And we had you know we talked for like an hour. There's like six of or seven of us in there. I'm like, man, this is great. I was like, why don't we ever do this any other time? It's like, it's not any different. We don't live together. It's not like we're doing this in person. You know yeah. what I mean? The rest of the time. But it was, uh, I think that a lot of, I think it, that is a benefit of it, that it's made a lot of people realize like you can, you can connect, you know what I mean? And have face to face conversations over, you know, these zoom calls and Skype or, whereas in the past, a lot of people probably, didn't even know how to really use any of it or care to learn to use any of it yeah and now there's video chat on everything snapchat has it now i saw you can do a group Mm -hmm. snap chat facebook's got it all the phones have duo and facetime and it is kind of funny though before even before all this i did notice that a lot of like like really like the like younger generation and that makes me feel old saying that uh but uh, that they would always, like, they were always calling on FaceTime. Like, they would just always call each other. That's how they called each other. I don't even think they text. Uh, I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if I'd want to be on FaceTime all the time. But now they got, like, group FaceTime and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's different. So how do you think, what's your opinion on, on, say, this is all over? Say we get past, you know, this lockdown crap. Uh, how do you think the world is going to be changed after all this? I think a lot of uh, systems that were implemented are going to stick around. I think that Zoom's not going anywhere. Um, you think I, a lot of businesses are going to like not have as uh, like not have as big offices and stuff. You think they're going to allow yeah. more people to work from home? Yeah, because there's been a lot of there's been a lot of companies that were ahead of the curve and went remote a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done studies and and they've they've shown that it can actually increase productivity. Um, you don't have distractions. You don't have where you're hanging around the the coffee right. <laughs> coffee machine chatting. Um, you don't have the commute. You mm-hmm. don't have to get you know dressed up or anything like that. Um, so they have. So I think that yeah, I think a lot of the systems that have been implemented that COVID forced people to implement are right. are going to stick around. But I think a lot of things will get back to normal too. Do you think that people are more productive? Like being at home, I think it depends. In my head, I feel like they would not be, uh, just because. Well, the problem is, is distractions are so. Like even just being on the computer, even myself here at work, I'm on the computer, and I'm doing something, and I'm like, oh, I need this picture off of Facebook. Oh, I need to check this customer's Facebook, and I get on there, and then like one thing, you know, the news feed pops up first. And it like see and I see something I'm like oh wait let me check that out and then I'm like what the hell was I doing like <laughs> ten ten minutes later you know what I mean and it's 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 so hard to like there's just so many distractions everything out there's fighting for your attention you get a text message you get this you get that you know uh, and it slows you know slows me down sometimes if I don't like just really stay focused yeah I think it just depends on the person um, I think some people need this that setting and some people will do okay mm-hmm. remotely i think it just depends everybody's different yeah the other thing here that i like about everybody being here is there's just a, a 
a more of a team aspect i feel like mm-hmm. everybody kind of feels like they're working together more we could talk easy you know because we have a lot of different things like one person might be working on a video while the other person is working on a graphic for that video and it's just nice for that easy communication mm-hmm. right there like sitting together turning around chatting real quick i guess you could do that by having like a video chat or something going at all times uh, but it's kind of i don't know yeah i mean that's a good point there's so yeah, you don't have to send an email or schedule or get a Zoom set up if it's just something simple. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean there's pros and cons to everything just like every just like everything else. So so yeah, I mean I could see maybe like a hybrid they work at the office Monday through Thursday and then yeah. maybe Friday's a remote day or How do you think it'll affect your guys' business moving forward? You think you'll go back to more in-person stuff eventually? Um, I think that yeah, I think it will go back to more in person, but the zoom will be more of a feasible option nowadays because so probably my favorite thing I've noticed we service um, new hires. So when a new hire, when someone's hired, they're eligible for their benefits, sometimes right away, some have, sometimes after 60, 90 days, whatever. So we'll actually go see them because when they're new, they're going to have guaranteed issue, no health questions. Um, well, when you have to drive to, I have accounts in Quincy and Hannibal, Missouri. So when you have to drive to mm. Hannibal, Missouri to see one employee, yeah, you know, that's not <laughs> economical. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I don't mind going, seeing 20 employees, but if it's just one, it's not economical. Yeah. So just having the capabilities to Zoom a new employee yeah. is phenomenal. And it <laughs> almost, it's almost good for you in that situation, definitely, because it's more of a normal thing to do, whereas before they might not, yeah, they, they almost might take offense to it or something <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this guy doesn't even really want to sell me, he wants me to Zoom and not talk to me in person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that, that I could see that definitely being nice for that situation. Because people didn't really know how to use Zoom that well, and, and once you do it, it's easy. You right. click on a link and yeah. you're good to go. <laughs> we did a... Uh, for Habitat for Humanity, not too long ago, we kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, emceed or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, managed a live stream for them, which was pretty interesting because they, uh, they give, a, they don't give away, but they do these house, uh, house, uh, turning over the houses, you know, they build houses for people mm-hmm. and they, they always emphasize, which it is important to emphasize, I think, is that they're not giving them the house. Yeah, they've uh, earned it. Yeah, the people have earned it, put in work. They still have to pay for it, but it's just like a zero interest loan, whatever. But anyway, they do these dedications, mm-hmm. and they're always in person, and they have a lot of people and stuff. But with everything going on, they couldn't do them, you know, a big dedication. So they had us set up like a, a live stream, and then... We uh, pre-recorded a bunch of videos like of the house, of people that helped with the house, giving little speeches. And then we were able to, uh, during it, like pull that up. And then we had people in there uh, that were taught, that also were giving a live speech mm-hmm. remotely. So we'd pull them, you know, give them the camera and let them give their speech. And uh, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. It worked out really well. It was, it was kind That's of amazing. fun to do. And uh, then you have the long, I mean, that lasts forever. Yeah. So it's not like it's a, it's a one-time thing. You can mm-hmm. look at that video whenever you want. Exactly. So. Yeah, they had us like record the whole thing so they could put it out there and share it. Um, so they've opened up their audience from just the people that would go there in person to everybody. So mm-hmm. so things like that, it's you almost know, I think better. Will, yeah. will stick around. And I told them <laughs> I was like you should make like a like a Facebook event for this. 
you know what I mean? Because there might be a bunch of other people that want to join the the event and see the dedication, and mm-hmm. and there is a lot of emotion. Like I didn't realize how you know, like the people crying because they help yeah. so much, and then the homeowners, you know, gets teary because they're getting a, a new house. And uh, I was like, if other people saw this and it was out there more, I think you guys would get more. Yep. donations or people helping or people and that's what they're always looking for people to help or mm-hmm. help build the house or help donate some stuff or whatever you know fundraise uh so yeah it was kind of interesting um right now we actually have a uh i got a brainstorm a uh one of our customers up in wisconsin uh they usually do these shows mm-hmm. uh every year and they spend like you know 20 30 grand on shows a year wow. uh which a lot, I mean, a lot of people do those shows are friggin' expensive, mm-hmm. you know, that these businesses go to, but they want to do, they got to figure out how to use that money elsewhere to, uh, do something. And they were looking for some unique ideas. So that's one of the things that we got a, on our list here to brainstorm on and try to figure out for them. Like I kind of was talking about like a virtual show or something, maybe, you know what I mean? Where you you know, you could get people in there and show them the, show them the different pieces of, uh, pieces of equipment or whatnot yeah um but yeah kind of the same situation it's like i wonder you know if, when these big shows i mean they got to keep happening those are like main revenues i would think for a lot of those companies that manage those yeah i think um just you're going to kind of see a hybrid there's still going to do everything in person but then have this on the side so i'm pretty active in uh kiwanis and we had to switch our meetings to virtual um you know in march and then then again not, uh, more recently and they, uh, they're going to keep it around Yeah, because people can hop on, say someone works out of town or someone's on the road or whatever, they can hop on the meeting mm-hmm. without being physically present. Get a so it just probably. opened, yeah, it just opens up a whole demographic of people, if you will. Yeah. And I personally, you know, meetings, <laughs> we've kind of got to a time to where sometimes there's too many meetings, meetings about meetings about meetings. So, you know, if you can pop in digitally for a little bit, then see, yeah. See if it applies to you or there's anything to, yeah, it's interesting. Weird times, man. Weird times. (laughs) I just Uh, hope that, uh, the last pandemic was in 1918, I believe. So I just hope we have another hundred years well, before yeah, the, really. the next one. Cause this is pretty rough. Yeah, it's, <laughs> my thing is, is I worry about like, you know, they see that they've been able to tell people to stay home and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, how far are they going to take this in the future? You know what I mean? I don't want to get, get out of hand. Uh, you know, cause I, even like, I just talk, you know, I just don't like, I don't think that the government's tell people what to do. I, agree. I mean, I'm not, we're not going to get into <laughs> politics, but just in general, you know what I mean? Even wearing a seatbelt, like you're an adult, like, you know, it's like smoking cigarettes. They don't tell you that you don't, can't smoke cigarettes, even though everybody knows it kills you, but they could tell you to wear a seatbelt. Well, there's uh, too much money in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, funny. but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you bring up a good point. Like, Hey, flu season's bad this year. Everybody stay home. Stay, stay home. Or, go to work. Hey, you'll get arrested if you don't get a flu shot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Where do you draw the line? Have you seen the preview for that new Netflix movie coming out? Which one? It's basically about, like, an exaggerated version of this, like, completely exaggerated, where they're, like, taking people away that aren't vaccinated or that are sick and, like, never see them again. It looks that crazy. That sounds like something I want to check out. What's it called? Uh, I don't remember <laughs> what it was called. It looks crazy though. So it's like a, it's fictional obviously, but it's 
kind of based on based on true this like yeah. say this got out of hand like extremely out of hand so like some black mirror have you seen i haven't watched <laughs> many of those but i know that they're i know that they're they're neat like i, I want to get i want to check some of them out yeah they kind of take they exaggerate current technology and kind of make it scary yeah so yeah it probably is a, I, would, I would imagine yeah. it's probably very similar to that yeah so i'm trying to think of an idea but in the future they can export they they can put you in prison like in your your mind instead of physically so mm. they can make you go to prison for 40 years but in every episode's in a, different sit in a room or something i think, sit, you know, I think they they implant the data in your head and that's crazy. And you, it's like you've been there for 40 years, but you haven't. You were, it was only a second. Oh, really? That's yeah. crazy. And, and every, episode's, every episode's completely different. Right. I don't even know if they're in the same yeah. world, but they're all I based on something. I think I might have watched like one or two, but yeah, no, I need to check that <laughs> out. Because that's totally up my alley. I like weird stuff like that. But yeah, it's crazy. Like, uh, uh, you know, one in the preview, you know, one lady like helps out another person just being a human being. Mm -hmm. And I think she gets exposed and she's getting taken away, but her boyfriend or whatever is immune to it. So he like ends up fighting to, I don't know, you know, it turns into I'll a whole that. story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, looked, it looked pretty interesting, uh, <laughs> but it was literally like an exaggerated version. I think it's direct. I think it said it was directed by Michael Bay or something. Okay. So is that the guy that does all the, the action movies? Yeah. Like I think he did like transformers or? and yeah. So that's pretty, pretty big director. It's interesting on these platforms now, how, uh, how fast they can make something. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like this like I, they probably started back in like you know i don't know when the pandemic kind of hit i would imagine and boom it's done ready they're put they're gonna have it out soon it's kind of crazy yeah i know that i've noticed uh netflix is coming out with documentaries literally i swear that they filmed last week and yeah. they just have cut it they've edited them all week and, and shot them out because they've had some ones that they were literally talking about very very current events mm -hmm. so it's just it is crazy how fast yeah it's turning almost more into like a like a like a youtube type of thing which is even trying to get into quality. the movie the right. movie industry and so is facebook facebook has movies now yeah they have they actually have some pretty big incentives for certain creators that have like decent followings it's pretty interesting yeah. do uh is there anybody obviously it's your realm is there anybody on like social media that's great to like follow that you you can like learn a lot from for and from like an insurance side of things um i just try to i can't think of one specifically i just try to follow um my carriers of course um and then i try to follow people that are big in the insurance industry yeah. but i mean i can't think of really too many too many big names yeah because they're just kind of a niche it's kind of a niche obviously right. so there's just so only people like me are listening to them yeah. <laughs> well but there's always an audience you know and that's that's the best thing is finding your niche and uh doing being the best person in that niche really you know like i'm in into cameras and camera gear and social media stuff but there's a you know shitload of people on youtube doing that stuff so it's hard to really you know takes any audience from there uh, on the flip side, there's probably a bigger audience looking at that stuff too. So, uh, that, you know, you could have your argument there, but yeah, it's, it, I, I argue, like, I worry about how much is really being like school is important. Mm -hmm. I, I did learn stuff in college. Was it necessary? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, uh, all that stuff, as long as you have the discipline, I feel like nowadays, man, you can learn anything. Oh, you can absolutely. learn anything online. It's just amazing. 
Yeah, there's things that I can do that I shouldn't know how to do just from watching YouTube videos, home projects and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it just makes you think, you know, wow, you know, what it, these kids nowadays have it sound old, but yeah, these kids nowadays have it. Yeah. They can get a doctorate, the equivalent of a doctorate degree in yeah. their car and they're on their computer. Yeah. You can learn whatever and, you unless want. Unless you're like wanting to be a lawyer or something where you have yeah. to go through those certifications. There's a term for whatever the, that type of schooling, but, uh, I feel like, I mean, I just don't feel like it. the problem is, is you have to have the dedication and like the discipline to sit down and learn it and really become an expert in it. But between that and getting real world experience, I feel like you could compete with anybody on anything. Yeah. You can learn how to code for free. Yeah. Um, well, my, <laughs> my brother year, he's older than me. He's eight years older than me i think uh so this was a, a long time ago but i remember it was such a it was so crazy because he was going to u of i in champaign and he um wasn't doing well he just mm -hmm. it was just school in general he's a very smart guy but just didn't like school and the structure of it dropped out his second year there i think mm -hmm. uh moved back home and this was right when internet was you know really starting to blow up you know computers all this stuff and he would read a big big old book uh, i remember these giant books i was like i can never read a book that big when i was you know i'm young but uh and he would read this giant book like in a week and then the the next week drive down to st louis and take a test and get certified wow. and he did this with like windows and you know all these different networking things and security and all these got all these different certifications and then uh eventually got a job at LRS, worked his way up there, you know, was like a manager there and then uh, left there and was worked at Microsoft ever since. And oh, he's wow. like a partner at Microsoft now. And it's just like, that is so crazy to think about. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. That's he just learned, went, taught himself all. And this was before the internet. So it was even harder then. you had to go buy like a giant book yeah. and read a book. And uh, there wasn't as much available, much information available on the internet, mm -hmm. but it's just, anybody could that's what it just nowadays it's like anybody could go do that if they just have the discipline to to learn the stuff and, and that's the hardest part you yeah. know really and that's weird to think about but i do with the internet when it didn't have a lot but mm -hmm. yeah i do remember you know way back in the day and you would hang out at your yahoo getting a little yeah, AOL. Chat. <laughs> that's all you did it get wasn't on, like get you online, could, man we got a chat going on here. yeah you couldn't google how to learn how to program so has your brother hung out with bill gates <laughs> uh, i don't know i can't remember i think he's met him or maybe been somewhere with them. You know, Bill's, he's not even active really in the company anymore. Yeah, uh, he's all about the, the foundation. Yeah, he's in every, foundation seems stuff. like he does documentaries full time too. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in every documentary. I've seen him in three or four recently. <laughs> he's been there. How long has his brother been there now? Jeez, he's been there a while. That would have been 2000. Let's see, I graduated in 04. He's probably been there. He's probably been with them since like 2006, maybe 2007, something like that. Yeah. So he's worked there for a while now. Uh, but uh, yeah, pretty interesting. And that's that's also part of, you know, ha him living different places and traveling. I've traveled with him different places and stuff. And that got me a lot of experience and just seeing different cities and how things are done. And that was part of the thing with starting this business also personally mm -hmm. is just seeing what's happening other places. Cause you know, Springfield's always a little bit behind on things, you know what I mean? So it's nice mm -hmm. to be able to travel and have those foresights on stuff that's eventually going to make it here. And that's where I think, you know, with getting going on what we were doing or what we're doing back then, it 
kind of helped us all that much more because you knew it was coming, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's funny you say that because our business model is kind of based off of what was happening on the West and East Coast as well. Yeah. We just wanted to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. So, so yeah, just because uh, we're going to implement it. Uh, we'll adapt eventually. Just yeah, We're exactly. always a little slower in the Midwest for some reason mm-hmm. so i know i've tried to think of other opportunities I'm like, all right what else could i take advantage of with that philosophy yeah <laughs> but what of my uh one of my coworkers? he's he's in iowa and everybody there's on linkedin around here i mean it's it's growing but it's not as yeah. big as you know there's a lot of people that don't have it there's a lot of people that don't use it right. so so yeah i mean you could you could see it in real time it was funny <laughs> I, I did a podcast not too long ago with uh not or i was on somebody else's podcast uh but it was just over the over voice chat, uh, it was just an audio one, but it was a local guy who does um, voiceover work, and he, uh, we got into it, and, you know, I figured he probably, he had asked me to do it, I've never met him, but I figured he probably did a little bit of research on me, maybe found my company or something, but <laughs> while we were uh, doing it, he started digging into my LinkedIn profile, and I was like, oh, you really got into it, you know what I mean, because <laughs> my profile's kind of ridiculous, I just, I just outlined, like, shortly like how i got to where i am mm-hmm. and it's kind of a weird outline mm-hmm. so it's probably a lot different than most people's linkedin profiles but it was kind of funny him talking to me about it uh but yeah no and linkedin's great for like probably someone like you mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, a lot of people customers when they're talking to me if they're a, a b2b customer um i'm like you know I, you know facebook's awesome and i always recommend being on there especially around here that's that's one of the main things to use but uh for b2b linkedin's interesting i mean you can target literally target people by their job title exactly uh, which is pretty interesting uh do they how do you guys i know you said that there's some a couple, you mentioned a couple different ways you kind of get leads but say you want i know there's a lot of restrictions with like in 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 uh financial advisors and stuff it, do you have much restrictions on like your field say you wanted to start a youtube channel or something you know what i mean is there a lot of restrictions you'd have to be careful of or um you would want to if you get into the the nitty-gritty so i'm an independent contractor so like any liability would most likely fall on me but um if you get into the nitty-gritty of in insurance you probably want to use a carrier's materials yeah. So what I mean by that, um, I'll do, I make these landing pages, which is just a hub with all the information the employee will need. Uh, I could probably make videos. I've thought about it, but you know, I don't know a carrier has already made a video. I think mine would be better in my opinion, but just being in front of people, but at the same time they have a whole department that does compliance. Yeah. So, you know, to answer your question, it would just kind of be like how much risk I would want to take on um, and, you know, how effective. Because do you have like a, a license you could possibly lose or something, anything like that? Yeah, you have to be in license. You have to have a producer's license is what it's called in the state of Illinois, plus every other state you want to write, sell business in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to renew it every two years. You have to do a continuing education every two years. And then you have to do an, an ethics course, which the ethics course is funny because they're always like, they always say, yeah, we have to do an ethics course. The instructor's always like, yeah, you have to do an ethics course, but our politicians don't. <laughs> That's always every single instructor I've, I have had has said that. That's the first That's thing hilarious. they say. So, you know, being from Illinois, yeah. but, 
But uh, so, yeah, so you can lose your insurance license. I think, you know, that's more of if you're doing, you know, shady stuff. So the whole reason that there's a Department of Insurance is because way back in the day, people were selling insurance agents were selling uh, policies to elderly people and they weren't Mm, really selling the policies. They're just taking their money. So, so many crazy. So all of this regulation you know, comes from, <laughs> there's right. a reason that it came. So, so yeah, I mean, if I'm doing shady illegal stuff and you know, I would hope that they would, they can pull them. I would hope that they would. So, yeah. but in terms of like Mark, a video or something, I don't think. Yeah. So, cause I, I was just curious cause like, you know, obviously with financial advising, they have a ton of restrictions on stuff. Um, but I told them, I'm like, I understand there's a lot of restrictions, but there's a ton of stuff you could still do. I mean, there's basic information that people don't understand that you could sit and explain and they're going to find that very helpful. A lot of people don't know what an IRA is or the difference between a Roth and a traditional. This is all basic information that you could make videos about and put out there that your face is on. Yeah, it's information they could go search and find or whatever. But if you're putting it out there on your social media and you're getting to somebody that doesn't know about that or, you know, even the supplemental mm-hmm. thing, explaining how it works, uh, they find it, they see your face, they're comfortable with talking to you. It makes it that much easier to make a sale. Uh, yeah. And I do know that the financial industry is a lot more regulated. And also if they're working for like, like if it was like a Edward Jones agent or whatever, I guarantee corporate's not going to let them do right. a lot of that stuff. So it's different. Like if you're, yeah, with the, especially with the yeah, big company, if you're like a, yeah, Jones. if you're a captive agent for a big company, you can't do anything unless it gets, unless it passes couldn't, compliance. I but me, deal with that. <laughs> sucks, yeah. I could, you know, it's whatever I want to, whatever risk I want to take. And I don't think that there's, you know, a lot of risk involved in it, you know, just as long as you're not right. yeah, making it, stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Just to state the facts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Information. Yeah. I think the fi- financial, on the financial side, I could just see like, Obviously, if you're like suggesting a stock in a video or something, you know what I mean? Uh, And that's what I told him. Like, just you don't have to be specific. Like, just be specific about real information, like stuff that is out there that your company that a lot of these that I found because I've had a couple reach out to me about this. And I found and they they, most of them are through like a bigger company. So Mm -hmm. that bigger company has to approve stuff. And I'm like, well, just make a video about the stuff that's already approved that's on your website. And, you know, like I said, what is a Roth IRA? What's a traditional IRA? When's it better to have one or the other? You know what I mean? There's, yeah, four, there's four videos right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what we try to do here is we look at a larger piece of content. Mm-hmm. And how can we break that into a couple pieces to get somebody's attention and then get them to that larger piece of content? that might they might watch the whole thing of or learn more about you know it's kind of like a just get some started on the funnel type of thing yeah, and that makes sense because they're not going to want to listen to everything's got to be easily digestible right. <laughs> user-friendly so okay. if it's a 20-minute video about finance i doubt <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> but even just on, a small but on supplemental you know what i mean <laughs> like when you know when do you need supplemental yeah. insurance when, you know when's it benefit you know what i mean and obviously you're trying to look for employers more uh so I don't know uh, how what what would be the best route there. You'd have to kind of tart or cater it to the actual employer, I guess, trying to get to them. Uh, but yeah, I would think on LinkedIn, definitely something with you, you know, from where your stance and trying to connect with other people, businesses to offer it. So yeah, that's where I spend spot. the majority of my time because I just feel like Facebook's more B two C and, and LinkedIn's more B two B. Yeah. So. 
because like even if if well, one and of, it's just even harder if, to target <laughs> on Facebook the right person you know what I mean on LinkedIn like if you were actually running ads uh, you can target like I don't know what business I mean I'm sure you know but whoever's in charge of making those decisions at a business whatever their title is you know what I mean generally or yeah. or the CEO of a business or whatever it's just yeah absolutely and like if and on Facebook they'd have to be a business owner because even if an employee wanted it they're not they yeah, can't they make can the decision. Their, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on how much pool they have, but yeah. <laughs> I'm I, sure that the I employers guess you could hope that they would go to their <laughs> boss like, hey, I really want supplemental insurance. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure that they're getting that question about everything. You know, hey, we want gym memberships. Right. We want, you know what I mean? So we want everything. There's a lot of there's a lot of new random benefits out there. So I'm sure that the employers have been asked about. So yeah. So I mean, they could take it with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, I don't care about where group <laughs> so are there different and this might be a dumb question but i assume there's different kinds of supplemental insurance yeah so uh our main we do the hierarchy of needs is what we call it so you know it's about helping people instead of just selling something yeah. so on the top of that hierarchy of needs the most important products are going to be health and retirement which we don't do but if somebody's like hey I don't have health insurance, but I want this accident plan. We're going to be like, yeah, probably should get it. Health insurance first yeah. get health <laughs> or, insurance, and then let us help yeah. you. or, Hey, I want this accident plan, but I don't put money into my retirement. We should probably do that. Your employer's matching too. So yeah. well, that's good. That <laughs> you, you don't want to give away. Yeah. That's but, good that you guys help point that out. But usually at the top of that list is going to be a disability. So that's, I like to call it insurance on your paycheck. So if someone can't work for a health issue, then it's a majority of their paychecks going to come in. Yeah. Um, so most people are paycheck to paycheck in America, depending on what st study you look at, 80, 83% right. or so. So most people can't miss a paycheck or two. That would be a good fit for them for sure. so that they don't lose their assets if they can't work. Um, and then life insurance is, is obviously pretty important. Um, what we've noticed is that the back in the day, the insurance agents used to go to your kitchen and sell you life insurance. Well, now uh, they're going after, they still exist, but they're going after doctors, lawyers, business owners. Mm -hmm. So that middle America has kind of been underserved. So when you survey employees, I think 75%, when you survey people, I think 75% say that they don't have any life insurance or they don't have enough. So we're able to make it easy. You know, we, it's really easy to understand. It's payroll deducted. They don't have to get a physical, any of that stuff. So we just make it accessible is our is, is kind of the value we're adding there. Yeah. And then they have plans that pay for specific instances. So like an accident plan, if you get hurt, you get paid. A, a critical illness, if you have a heart attack, stroke, cancer, you get paid. So you just kind of tailor it to, you know, each employee based off their situation. If someone tells you, I have six months of savings, then they probably don't need short-term disability. Yeah. And to be honest, I wish more people did, but I can't, you know, it's kind of hard to control buying and spending habits. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I mean, I guess I get it, but just people that live, you know, paycheck to paycheck like that. My thing is, is like, all right, if you just take like two or three months and don't do much, you could get a, you know what I mean? As long as you're not living way above your means, you should be able to get a pretty good save savings behind you you know that you could cover you if something happened or whatever yeah and i'm with you i think it's kind of basic it's basic math you know spend less than you make yeah. <laughs> and then stow it away right um That's you know, we're not talking about saving like 90 percent and living like in a shed <laughs> stuff yeah. like that but <laughs> but just uh <laughs> i mean you could if you really want yeah, to some, some people do i mean that's that's uh, that's pop it up but I, uh, actually i was watching this video <laughs> this guy that kind of did something like that he wanted to uh he worked like a shitty job 
he didn't make a lot of money. I don't remember what he said he made. He made, uh, it was a cruddy job. He made like not a ton of money, but he literally lived like ridiculously cheap, like Raymond or like canned food, you know, like canned food. And, uh, I don't remember if he said he had his own place or not, but anyway, it was like super cheap and he was saving like 90% of his income cause he wanted to be able to, his original plan was to retire at like age, like, 30 or 40 or something. I don't remember what he wow. said, but he, uh, he actually ended up doing YouTube videos about what he was doing and like how he was saving his money and, uh, investing his money and, uh, his YouTube channel like took off. So now he, Good. now he was able to quit and just focus solely on YouTube. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I've noticed a lot of people that seem to be making, making it well on YouTube and it's just so there's so many random things. There's guys that do commentator. Mm-hmm. They're, they're commentators. They'll just show you a bunch of videos and talk about them. And then there's there's ones that'll take other videos and do voiceovers. And it's just yeah. you know, wow. There's everything out there. <laughs> we were just talking about those like uh, what are they called? Shitty or word lip readings? The funny. Oh yeah, those funny. are yeah those are. Those are funny. I think that takes we trying, skill, we talking, though. We, they, they, I know. <laughs> the things we, that they say and, we and how it matches get, up perfectly. I'm like, they're not just making up stuff. So there's something. There's some science to this or something. Our, uh, one of our customers uh, does these, like, holiday videos, and they were, couldn't think of an idea. I was like, man, it'd be funny if they, like, had the, each of them write, like, a little speech or something to say about the holidays. But then they were assigned, like, another person. They were, like, partners, you know, on this. And they had to come up with a, a bad lip reading of the of the other person. I was like, that'd be pretty funny. That'd be pretty funny for him to do. But then I was like, that's eh, probably really complicated. I don't know if they could handle that. <laughs> yeah, because it looks like there's there's something going on behind the scenes. Those like sports ones and stuff. Yeah, they're, I've, they're I've really honestly wondered if they had some type of generator. <laughs> yeah, like that, generate like, possible words or yeah. something. That'd be yeah, that's an interesting thought. And then they just kind of run with it yeah. because they don't make any sense what they say. Yeah, but I've never tried still to do funny. it. We should do a video <laughs> trying to trying to do a bad bad lip reading. Um, you can do it to this po- you can do it to this video to the podcast. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. The uh, all right had a little had a little camera die there. We're back. <laughs> but anyway, to uh, kind of sum up, so you provide supplemental insurance to the businesses who can then offer it to the employees. can they offer can so they bring you in and the employees can basically pick any any of the different supplemental insurances you offer yeah we usually try to keep it simple um because if you're doing i've seen some carriers will do they'll offer everything but then you have what we call paralysis by analysis too many decisions yeah (laughs) and oftentimes indecision right uh, can lead to indecision so we will fit we'll We'll design it a program that's different for every group based off of what they already have, their employee demographics, things of that nature. Um, and then we'll keep it simple. Sometimes we'll do one. Usually it's two or three products. And then um, I'll start off by asking questions and then just kind of go from there. So if somebody's 22, which I used to talk to people that were older than me, now I'm talking to people younger yeah. than me. But if somebody's uh, 22 and and you know they live at home and they're on their parents' health insurance. Then that's obviously going to change the conversation right. a little bit. Yeah. So if you're an employee who wants some supplemental insurance, <laughs> go to your boss, <laughs> tell him to contact Brad there here. <laughs> and if you own a business, he's he's a man that can uh, come in and kind of help guide you on that stuff. 
Yeah. And then if you're a, a broker and you kind of want to get into the supplemental insurance, but you don't want to reinvent your own wheel, then yeah, then, then we can help with that too. So. Partner up. They can stay yeah, in their up. lane and you can focus on what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in today, Brad. Is there anything else specific? What's a, what's a good way people can reach out to you? Um, so the best way would be my email, brad at wearegroupga.com, uh, B-R-A-D at W-A-R-E-G-R-O-U-P-G-A.com. Nice. Uh, sorry to spell that That's out. All but right. <laughs> and your guys' website? It's uh, the wearegroupga.com. Wearegroupga.com. Yep. Google. Google us. Facebook us. Definitely. And Brad was part of our networking group, Capillary Networkers. Uh, if anyone is out there is interested in here in Springfield joining that, I'm always looking for new businesses. Um, yeah, anything else you want to put out there? Any do you want information? Me, do you want me to um, do the the advice or the hardest part? Or yeah, so yeah, I guess I didn't even ask you that at the beginning. Sorry, that totally slipped my mind. Uh, you know, I typically we ask at the beginning, uh, what's the hardest part of being a business owner? So. How would I, I'm trying to think of how I would structure that. So what's the hardest part? <laughs> I don't know. What, how, how would you think about that question? I mean, obviously you're not owning the business, but you kind of are the head of it here in town, like you and what'd you say? One or one or two other people locally. Yeah, me um, so I own the Brad Probst agency essentially, oh, okay. but I have the support of where group so uh, where group okay. is sorry about that yeah, no, no you're, i, I mean you're right so yeah. yeah so so yeah i don't own where group but i own my it's like a franchise almost would be i got you. Way to explain yeah it. okay um, okay i wasn't aware of that sorry about that no it's fine um so so um the hardest part to me is just the mental aspect of it so you've probably um you know maintaining focus and uh motivation constant consistently because mm-hmm. you've seen that thing online tour it shows you an iceberg and the success is at the top and then underneath is right. like the the hard work sleepless nights anxiety worry stress blah 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 so you know i compare insurance sales to being you know like a rocky movie he gets you know his face is like falling off and then somehow he finds the drive to yeah. to come back and win yeah Um, so, I mean, yeah, you're getting constantly beat up because you're just trying to, you're compete, you're trying to compete for attention basically because there's so many other companies Mm -hmm. competing for their attention and sales in general is just a hard gig. Yeah. Because there's no barrier to entry, which is good and bad. It's good because you can get into it without, you know, and the sky's the limit, but it's bad because sometimes people are in it that shouldn't be. So, so, um, so, so what are some ways you deal with that? (laughs) How do you keep yourself motivated? Um, I've noticed I've, I'm still trying to figure that out to be honest, but you know, I've noticed that, um, you know, sometimes just going to work, you need some wins. Mm-hmm. So I would almost compare it to like the gym, you know, the hardest part of going to the gym is actually getting there. Yep. But then once you're there, you know, it's kind of smooth sailing from there and you never, you always feel good afterwards. You're, right. You never regret going. It's almost kind of the same way. So when I'm feeling kind of down and out, you know, just go to work and, and something will happen, you know, usually to kind of get your spirits up. So, um, or, you know, it's simple as taking a small break, a long break. Sometimes if you're not mentally there, you just have to plug out. Yeah. You just have to unplug your mind a break for a sec. Yeah. And then get stuck. And I've told them here before, like, you know, you get stuck creatively or whatever, like stand up, take a, take a stretch, drink a water, whatever, take a short walk, you know, clear your mind for a minute. Get on Facebook. 
Don't do that. Check out some cat videos. <laughs> Unless you're looking for ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, I, I know what you mean there. It's weird how it changes too over time because early on it's completely like no, no questions motivated just cause it's like nonstop. It's brand new, like trying to get it, make it happen. And then depending on how things go, you know, obviously if stuff's going, goes bad, you're not getting any of those wins, mm-hmm. you know, still trying to make it happen is tough. Um, I know like for me, it was, uh, you know, just every time it used to be every time I'd get a new client, like it was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You know what I mean? And now like one of the main, one of the main things I know is, um, that really motivates me is just having kids. Oh, like absolutely. it's, uh, it's weird how that's changed. Cause you know, in my head, like in, in a family and wife and everything, you know, it's just like, it's weird how, um, now I just think about with what everything I do, just providing a better life for my family. And, uh, and that's, and that's both sides of like being home more also, because, you know, when I started this business, I also started a photo booth business at the same time. Um, and even though that photo booth business is good and makes good money, uh, it usually takes being gone on the weekend, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? On Friday, Saturday, whatever. And, uh, now that, you know, Oopbox is doing good specifically to where the, the other money I'm not as worried about, I'm like looking to sell that business or find somebody to just take it and run it. Um, because, uh. I, I don't want my weekends, you know, uh, <laughs> taken up. So it's like, I want to be able to choose. And with that, you're like, oh, my weekend of October 10th next year is already booked. Well, I don't know what I want to do. Some might be something I want to do that weekend. You know exactly. what I mean? Whereas with this business, I, I don't mind working weekends, but I want to be able to choose if I want to do it. You know what I mean? Or upcharge somebody like, oh, it's on the weekend. We're going to have to charge a little, you know what I mean? And, uh, work it out that way. It's not as far in advance type of thing. So it's kind of, yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but that's a very good point. Um, you know, even from a, even like a photographer or mm-hmm. the DJs or yeah. whoever, I mean, yeah, they're booked for now they're booked two years out and yeah, and yeah they can't do anything. Right. So those weekends are just gone. And they and don't even if, know what could be going on. There could be something awesome going on or your kids have a sporting event or you know this or that and it's like now yeah so now i'm trying to like pay attention to that more definitely yeah and if they cancel even for a good reason it's still going to upset you know that could you know it could upset people and with the keyboard courage they could go Mm. on you know give them a bad review even though you know maybe they had a relative in the hospital you know what i mean so yeah so yeah that's uh it's a tough thing but uh besides that like uh this hearing customers uh feedback has also been a big motivator and uh, makes you feel good. Just people, uh, like, you know, uh, two months ago, I think we had, like, you know, three people tell us that we, uh, or last month, I don't remember anyway, that we had, like, three customers, like, man, all that, all the stuff that we've started with you and what we've been doing, our business is like, doubled. Oh, wow. And, it's, you know what I mean? Just that's awesome to know that we're helping with that uh you know, then you got the pressure of, you know, keeping that up and, you know, helping, making sure they stay busy. But, uh, it's, uh, and just helping local businesses grow. Uh, it's nice to know, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, you're doing this for a living, but I think at the end of the day, you know, we have to be able to help people or you're not going to last long. You know, there's that, you have to have gratification in what you're doing. And when you're going out helping 
you know, you're helping businesses. I'm helping businesses and employees. Yeah, it makes say, you, there's that people. sense of fulfillment, purpose. So um, do you, if somebody has an issue and has to utilize those supplemental insurance, do they usually contact you directly? They contact our claims rep. Okay. Um, do, you, do you know about it usually? Like, do you hear about not any unless of it? I, not unless I need to. I would like to, but they're not. I was just curious. They're not like, that good about CCing right. me on claims because they kind of have it under control. Yeah. And but I've it, learned to trust them over time. Yeah. But at first, it's I good. was like. <laughs> yeah, it's good because it doesn't, you don't have to worry about it. You know, you know, it's taken care of. But at the same time, I could see, like, it would be nice, like, if someone's like, man, I, I'm out of work. Like, I can't work. And knowing that your insurance is helping that person right then. Like, all right, they're them paying for this is paid off right now. They get to use it. That's awesome. I could see that being a good feeling, you know. Oh, that's the best feeling that there is in this industry. Because I hear about it at open enrollment when I go back every year. But it's it's always kind of awkward. Yeah, uh, you're awesome, man. I got, you know, $20,000. Oh, did you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. But, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that... that <laughs> Having that supplemental insurance, I'm sure for a lot of people, it changes their life when something happens. Yeah, I mean, I've had people come up to me and you know and say, you know, hey man, you're the only reason that I have my house now, or you know, this was priceless when I was going through that. I was thankful to have it, and mm-hmm. and that's and that's what, <laughs> um, you know, that's what kind of keeps you going. Yeah, seeing you know that you actually are changing people's family trees and whatnot so awesome and even if they don't you know even if they don't get anything just the fact that they that they understand it better you know that right i like that aspect of it too you know yeah because a lot of people you know again that that working class market's kind of underserved so yeah you know if they have a better edu- understanding of of the products then you know more power to them yeah so nice all right. Well, thanks for being on, Brad. Brad with Wear Group. Be sure to contact him if you need any of his services. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Have a good one.